0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 654 of the Juicebox podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, I'll be speaking with Kara. She's the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes who has a unique perspective about anxiety and type 1. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Are you a US resident who has type 1 diabetes or a US resident who is the caregiver of someone with type 1? If you are it will take you fewer than 10 minutes to fill out a survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox that will help people living with type 1 diabetes. It also supports the podcast when you finish the survey. Head over to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox, join the registry, take the survey, support people with type 1. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Head over to ContourNext.com forward slash Juicebox to get a look at that little meter that does so much. Contour Next One. If you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes of the podcast, they begin at episode 210. They're also available at JuiceboxPodcast.com and DiabetesProTip.com.
1: My name is Kara. We live in Penticton, British Columbia, uh, Canada. And uh, me and my husband have two kids, Levi and Kian, um, and is six, and he's our type one diabetic.
0: Cool. When you were saying where you lived, it cut out a little bit, but I heard British Columbia. Is that enough?
1: Yeah, we're in Penticton.
0: Penticton?
1: Yes. We're originally from Vancouver, but we moved to Penticton, which is... Maybe like five hours away from
0: Vancouver. How do you make a decision like that? You look at the map and you think, what name sounds really ridiculous, I'm gonna go there. Is
1: that, is that yeah, anything? it was actually after Levi was diagnosed and we just wanted like a simpler small town kind of life. Okay. Um, so yeah, and then my parents are also here, so that's kind of.
0: Uh, you moved closer to some people too. Okay, like, yeah, are you exactly. from there originally?
1: we're originally from vancouver
0: oh okay so your parents found this place and you kind of followed them
1: yes yeah
0: gotcha um i i want to start with that if you don't mind what sure what what precipitated the move
1: um i we were kind of always thinking about moving away from kind of like the city life like both of us had long commutes Mm -hmm. um and then when Levi was diagnosed, it just really solidified that we needed to be home more and just have kind of an easier, slow-paced life. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. And just like our, our hosp- the hospital that Levi went to was like maybe an hour and a half in traffic on a good day. So just knowing that like where he goes now is like five minutes down the road. And
0: yeah. There's traffic yeah. in Canada. <laughs> yes, there is. No kidding. See, I I learned something new every day. I know yeah. I know that people probably think I'm just at this point leaning into the idea of teasing people from Canada, but I'm not. You said there was traffic, and I was like, "Huh? Wow." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: No, it's uh, it's like a full-on city,
0: <laughs> Vancouver. Yes. Also, a major um uh, exporter of American television.
1: Yeah, it's like Hollywood Norse, I think they call it.
0: Really? Have you ever been an extra in something?
1: No, but it is pretty common. And there usually is like parts of different streets shut down for movies and commercials and stuff.
0: No kidding. I remember one time I interviewed Victor Garber, who has type 1 diabetes as an actor,
1: Okay.
0: I interviewed him in between shooting a television show that he was making at the time, and he was in Vancouver.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. uh,
0: But you're not there anymore, so none of this really matters. (laughs) Yeah. Would you describe where you're at now as like in the middle of nowhere, or is it just a smaller place?
1: Yeah, it's just a smaller place. Like there's maybe 30,000 people in our town. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's sort of the bigger town in the area. Um, so it's like small town, but not too small.
0: Okay. 30,000 yeah. people. Yeah. That's not, that's not huge. i I mean, I think I live, I think I live. Wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if I knew? I was going to say like the, the population in my towns, maybe under 15,000. Okay. I don't even know how many square miles it is. I don't imagine it's much. Um, it's interesting. I, I like the idea. I, I often dream of moving somewhere a little farther from people. But yeah, it's been good. Yeah. So how old is Levi now? And how old was he when he was diagnosed?
1: Levi's six. He's almost seven. Um, And he was diagnosed at three.
0: Okay. That's a while. So he's coming up on four years?
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: You do not think about it?
1: (laughs) No. I was trying to think the other day how many years it was. But yeah, almost four years.
0: Hmm. How old's your other child?
1: Uh, he's two.
0: Oh, you just had him recently.
1: Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Okay. So you you kind of got through the beginning of the diabetes thing and then just kind of got back to your plan, your, your family plan?
1: Yeah, we um, found out I was pregnant, I think, like a month after he was diagnosed, um, oh, I which see. wasn't exactly planned. Like, it would have been nice to have a little bit more time. But...
0: A little more freak out time when you didn't have all the hormones running around, maybe.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that definitely makes sense. Plus, your side job of skinning walruses or whatever it is you do up there. Um, yeah,
1: takes, making maple syrup. Yeah,
0: it takes a lot of effort, I would imagine. So Yeah, um, definitely. So was his diagnosis like out of nowhere or do you have other autoimmune stuff in your family?
1: It was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but we do have some autoimmune stuff in the family Mm -hmm. and some like type one diabetes, but distant, um, Mm -hmm. like my great grandfather. Um, but it was never really on our radar. We didn't have anyone close to us that had it.
0: Yeah. I used to, your, your answer used to confuse me when people would say like, um, no, I was, it was completely out of the blue, but yes, there is a lot of type one in our family, but I understand that idea now that really no one believes that this is going to happen to them.
1: Yeah. And I think we never really asked if anyone, like, I would never think to ask if any of our great grandparents had diabetes. Sure. Because um, so it just wasn't relevant to us.
0: Uh, is there any other autoimmune in your, in your, in your family, your husband, yourself and your two children?
1: Um. My mom has some thyroid stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother had scleroderma, uh, but that's kind of it.
0: Scleroderma.
1: Yeah. I don't know too much about it. I just know it's like an autoimmune
0: I'm thing. A type of localized scleroderma, uh, a group of autoimmune diseases that may result in changes to skin, blood vessels, muscles, internal organs. Disease mm-hmm. can be localized to the skin or involve other organs as well. Symptoms may include. Areas of thickened skin, stiffness, feeling tired, poor blood flow to the fingers or toes with cold exposure. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Did it, do you know, did it impact her life terribly?
1: Yeah. She had to have like her uh, joints replaced, like in her hand. Um, And then she just always, like she had nerve pain and um, I don't think there's too, know too much about it but she had a lot of like different symptoms that they attributed to it so Hmm.
0: that's interesting you did you ever did you know her well or
1: yes yeah we were really close i lived with her for a few years too
0: did it shorten her life
1: um it's hard to say like she also had lung cancer so that probably didn't help but i think the scleroderma was uh in there as well
0: no kidding Yeah, that's kind of fascinating. I'm looking at it now online, just teaching myself. That's really interesting. Um, okay. So your son's diagnosed you living in Vancouver at the time. Can you walk me through what happened?
1: Yeah. So, um, our whole diagnose going to the hospital experience, um, was really awful. Um, not because of Levi, but because of the hospital and kind of the care and our whole process going through that. Mm-hmm. Um, Levi since been diagnosed with anxiety and PTSD because of medical trauma. And then he was recently diagnosed with ADHD as well. Um, what,
0: what leads you to get diagnosis in that what's going on in his life that makes you say this isn't right?
1: Yeah. So um he every like in the hospital when they had to do an injection or a finger poke, um he would act like uh, like his arm was being chopped off, like he would scream and fight and kick and it would take him a really long time to recover. Um, and the staff just told us like this is normal, he's young, he'll eventually get used to it. Uh, but, like months and months later it was still still happening at home like we would have to hold him down um, usually it would take two of us uh, he like broke so many needles or scratched himself with the needle pulling, um,
0: like pulling away and resisting
1: yeah, yeah just like every muscle in his body would fight um, against getting like even the finger pokes it took like months before he was like okay to do that um yeah and he had like really bad night terrors um and even just us walking towards him he would kind of jump and be like what are you doing what's in your hand uh there like any trust he had towards adults or medical staff was completely gone Mm -hmm. um yeah it just seemed like this is not normal this is not getting better it's it's getting worse so how long we did kind that
0: of, go on for before you looked into it?
1: Um, A bit in the hospital, we asked, like, this seems a little bit more than what we would expect. Yeah. Um, and then when we came home, we kind of kept pushing this and saying, like, it's not getting better. Um, and we were eventually referred to a psychologist. Um, but they were at the hospital where he was diagnosed and even just pulling into the parking lot it re-triggered everything for him um and the psychologist wasn't able to do their assessment because he was just so elevated and wouldn't even go in the door and um so i think the the psychologist couldn't
0: jump in the car and meet you for a maple long john or something and just do it at the (laughs) nothing what the
1: hell yeah i know that's what you would think but um we, we realized that um, we kind of had to adapt to their schedule and their agenda. And, and Levi, what Levi needed wasn't really considered.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Not yeah. having a good experience overall. Hey, um, can you talk a little more about the impact on you and your husband having to like restrain your son and and all the other things that went through that. Like, how did that build up on you over time?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, obviously it was heartbreaking. Um, And I remember just getting like the injections ready, like feeling this dread. Um, And one of the things that they would tell us is that if you're nervous, you'll feel that. And so try and just stay relaxed and calm uh, don't react to, to him. So we tried to do that, but yeah, it was hard. And I think one of the things is as his parents, we were his main source of comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're also the main source of re-triggering him and causing all this trauma. So there was a shift in our relationship for sure.
0: Um,
1: like, the trust that he had of, of being his mom and dad, I think, leaned a bit. Hmm.
0: Hey. Yeah. So, first of all, I I don't know en- enough about the psychology of small children to know if treating them like a skittish horse is the right way to approach them or <laughs> not. If you stay calm, he'll be calm. Like, Yeah. By the yeah. way, did that work at all? No. No. No, no, no. no. You weren't able to not trick at him? All. <laughs> hey we're just hanging out buddy everything's fine i'm not holding a syringe um so, but prior to this anything i mean i realize he's super young and so it's difficult to like but was he like skittish before this or
1: no not at all like okay. he is like adventure kid like just go all the time no fear no shyness um so I think that really like there was a huge change in him. Mm-hmm. Um Just from that, like that hit us. Like this is this is really affecting him.
0: Did anything happen in the hospital that was like crazy out of line? Like did a like a clown with weird makeup with a knife <laughs> run in the room at the time? Or like there's there something did they stick him a ton with you know what I mean? Would they have trouble finding his veins? Was Yeah, was like
1: I mean not really but kind of like when they did the iv he fought them a lot and so they had to wrap him up in a sheet so that he couldn't flail around and i think there was probably three or four nurses holding him down and then one of them was trying to get the iv in um so that kind of i think like set the tone for the rest of the hospital visit mm-hmm. Um,
0: he just had a real adverse reaction to that happening.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, like he saw the kind of like the needle come out and was like, no, this is not happening. And then it kind of escalated from there.
0: So you said he had an, uh, an adverse reaction to the two of you because he starts relating you to the the care. Did you ever have a third party who wasn't a doctor with somebody else try to do it to see if it, if he if it was anywhere, I'm trying to figure out like what you could have done back then. I don't imagine there was much.
1: Yeah. And he, he was, uh, he actually only wanted me to do it because like he needed that comfort. Mm-hmm. And I think even though I was the one doing it all, like I was also like mom. So if anyone was going to do it, he preferred me to,
0: okay.
1: um, And it kind of still is that way with his pump and his Dexcom. Like he usually only wants me to do it.
0: Present day, does he still fight and squirm or is that mostly over?
1: Uh, It's way better. He is on anxiety medication, which has really helped. Um, But he's still, I mean, compared to where he was, it's a full 180. But Mm -hmm. like we try and do it when he's sleeping or... Um, it's like a bit of a, a thing. Like he has to be alone. He has to have a few minutes to like pick where it's gonna happen, and um, he needs a little bit of recovery time afterwards. Uh, but it it is way better than it was for sure.
0: You you or your husband or people in your family any anxiety in the family?
1: Yeah, my side of the family is is pretty riddled with anxiety and depression and. um like I've dealt with anxiety my whole life. So, I and, and kind of have uh, like my attitude has always been like, just deal with it. Like I've been to counseling for many years and stuff. So um, I think that that's probably why I recognized it in Levi as well, that this isn't just him being scared, like this something a little bit more.
0: Right. So, so first of all, you've moved me off of Canadian rodeo (laughs) onto riddled with anxiety for the episode title. (laughs) and I was so excited about Canadian rodeo and now (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. But but, so you, you take medication for anxiety.
1: Yes. I had like on and off Okay, since I was, I don't know, like a teenager.
0: So now this is asking you to suppose, but do you think if it wasn't the diabetes, something else would have brought this out of him?
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's
0: I mean riddled. Yeah. Riddled is riddled makes the <laughs> assumption that everyone's getting it. Like, you know, like I mean, is there somebody in your family that you all look at and go, how is this one not having any anxiety? Or does it is it really <laughs> I'm I'm laughing at you laughing trying to think of a person in your family who's not anxious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my it's mostly my dad's side that okay. we're all a little crazy. Um and my husband, like, he is just always, like, he's the good at suppressing everything and just sort of, like, marching on. Um, yeah. So, I I mean, maybe. Yeah. It, it's hard to say. Well, probably. It's, it's impossible
0: to say. I've asked you a question there's no answer to. I just wanted to see what you said. Yeah. That's all. Uh,
1: yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. But okay. um, but before the diabetes, I wouldn't say he was, like, an anxious kid.
0: Okay. But this lit something up in him. Yeah. 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 Um, is there a plan to take him off the medication at any point? Or do you think this is a long-term situation?
1: Yeah. So the problem is that he still is pretty young and uh, like he goes to um, a play therapist pretty regularly and, um, and he, he has to kind of go through the trauma that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the age that he's at, that's really difficult. And it takes like a really long time. Okay. So our, our hope is that as he gets older and kind of can have more perspective on what happened and why this had to happen and all of that. Um, but until then, we're just sort of gonna keep him on it and kind of slowly work towards that
0: so you can move him to weed when he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah I care like I don't mean to like do you manage with any recreational drugs
1: no I, I it just makes me more anxious really
0: well lucky you yeah <laughs> yeah
1: well or not I don't know
0: no, I'm, that was sarcasm Kara. um <laughs> yeah, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I, I know it's not for everybody but some people report great you know um i know relief. i'm
1: jealous like have some have a great sleep like that sounds amazing
0: but did you try it and then just go oh great this made it worse
1: yeah i've like we because it's legal in bc so like there are weed shops at like every corner mm-hmm.
0: Are so they um, up like we'll like
1: go into like some of the fancy ones and try some of the gummies and stuff. But every time I just like, I hate it.
0: Okay, so I am not an aficionado. And it is to say that I've literally never tried it. But <laughs> from what I hear, smoking it gives you a different situation than eating it because of the way your body metabolizes it. So you might, yes, have, you might yeah. try a pen or something at some point. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I, I, but being serious, do you see that as like, let me ask you, like, how to think about this. Like, if, if, if I got headaches constantly, and I had a baby, Mm -hmm. and the baby started getting headaches, I would find it to be incumbent upon me to figure out how to manage the headache for myself so that I could pass that to my kid and tell them, hey, (laughs) maybe this, do you have that feeling about all this? Like, do you feel like it's your job to figure this out so that they can have relief?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, like, that's how I feel about my own mental health. Like, I need to be really good so that I can be there for Levi. Mm -hmm. And then I think just having like a better understanding of it so I can help him when it, when it starts to come up.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Your father give you
0: any advice?
1: Sorry, say that again.
0: Your father, did he pass any advice on to you?
1: Yeah, my, my dad's actually a counselor, so he's he has lots of good advice and tips and stuff like that. But um it's also just so different in kids.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah it's a different so, situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, an argument can be made that uh, if I walked into a counselor's office and I said, How are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm kinda anxious. I might be like, I'm gonna find somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like it's like it feels like i'm hiring a roofer with a leaky roof at his own house like wait a minute. yeah not, fair and, enough and yeah. I, no it's not fair actually it's meant to be stupid but um <laughs> i just i do think it would it would strike me if i was in that situation i might be like huh my counselor seems a little jumpy um <laughs> <laughs> but so his so your dad's advice i thought maybe your dad's advice was like sweetie they make a they make a whiskey and they, <laughs> and they, you know, I don't know, like, you know, because people manage this stuff in all different ways. They manage it with food. They manage yeah. it with anger. They manage it with liquor. They manage it with weed or harder drugs even um, because it's no joke, right? Like, can you give me an example of what that like how it can cripple a day?
1: How? Sorry, say that again. How can
0: How is there are there examples that you have from your life that would explain to us what anxiety can do to a day in your life?
1: Um, Like for me or for Levi?
0: Well, for you and then we're gonna talk about Levi after.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, like I always feel like if I'm having an anxious day, it's like you're in a crowded room where everyone is like talking or yelling and you just can't like think clearly. Okay. But then you're trying to like get all the stuff done you need to get done.
0: So a noise in your head that doesn't allow you to focus on any one thing.
1: Yeah, or just it's just this like kind of background buzz, like intrusive kind of um yeah, I wish I had a word to Oh, well,
0: that's a pretty good do you have ADHD as well?
1: No, no. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um so that's how it manifests for you. And then does that just make things and then, but then does that roll into depression ever for you?
1: Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. And then when I had both kids, I had postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's definitely like a, a hormonal aspect to that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, plus you're plus the realization that you have to take care of these kids and pay for it's a little. Yeah, exactly. And And then diabetes. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) And then some smart ass rolls around to let you know what college costs are. I mean, you guys, I guess (laughs) it's university. I mean, but I don't know why you have to be so fancy about it. Um, (laughs) So so this is something for you. How old are you?
1: I'm 32,
0: 32. OK, so then how does the anxiety impact Levi's day?
1: Um, he gets very, um, like rigid and stuck, uh, like he won't, like if he has to go to school, he won't want to go to school. He won't get dressed, um, at school. He like, won't kind of follow what the class is doing or the teacher is doing. Um, like sometimes he'll even just go like sit in the corner and ignore anyone trying to engage with him okay um and then he also gets like pretty severe night terrors um mostly where he thinks that there's somebody coming to like give him a poke and so he'll like try and push you away or try and hide or
0: Mm. yeah yeah so does he wake up screaming or how does that happen
1: yeah he'll wake up screaming yeah and then you come in and he gets, like, he's aware of that there's a person, but it's, he's still dreaming. So he thinks that you're somebody trying to get him.
0: Okay. Yeah. Plus you're the person who actually does p- give him the pokes. So yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. You,
0: have to, you have to hire a third party calming person to walk <laughs> in the room just for that. Just keep that in the closet. I was thinking, I, I hear my wife yell at night sometimes. Do you think she's coming? She thinks I'm coming to poke her?
1: Oh, probably. <laughs>
0: A different anxiety car isn't it yeah it is totally <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um this poor fr- I, oh god i'm gonna curse I, I was like this poor <laughs> fucking kid jesus this it's a lot you know yeah, yeah yeah um does he ever get a break does he ever have days where it doesn't impact him
1: um like we try we we try and kind of give him as much normalcy as we can and uh, activity is a huge, um, like stress reliever for him. So mm-hmm. like we back on to basically forests that just kind of goes on forever. So he spends a lot of time out there and running and friends. And, um, so we kind of try and do that for him.
0: I see. So, so that, um, it, it, do you think that that's being in an unconfined space that helps him, um, is, is, it, is it being away from people? Like, what do you think about just being outside? Do you ever, I mean, I don't know how, you, you might not know, but what do you yeah. think
1: Yeah, I think when he can be like in control of what he's doing, so like he's outside and he has this whole thing going on in his head of what he's doing and he can, like, he likes to lead. If we're hiking, he'll be at the front and um, he thinks kind of, he's like the expert on, everything so he'll explain like this is this kind of mushroom and this is this kind of bird and i
0: don't know it all we'll have to get him a podcast Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) so is is, how old is he now seven
1: he's almost seven yeah
0: is he not ready to be put in charge of his pokes and his prods and things
1: um yeah so he he can do a finger poke Mm -hmm. um and he we actually started looping a few months ago so in those few months he's become a lot more independent and um does that help
0: him does that alleviate but, his anxiety like taking you the rest of you out of the situation
1: um i don't yeah i it's hard to tell i think he's feeling a little bit of like the burnout from it especially at school mm-hmm. Cause he knows that he needs to be responsible and kind of like on all the time. So we've noticed when he comes home, like he's just doesn't want to engage with the diabetes stuff.
0: Yeah. I don't think any of them do, but um, yeah. By any of them, I mean, any people with diabetes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I have a question that's going to sound accusatory. It's not. So don't read it that way and answer it for me if you can. The Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter is highly accurate. It offers second chance sampling, and it doesn't need to be coded. The Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter offers remarkable accuracy at a reasonable price. Head to contournext.com forward slash juicebox right now to find out more. It's actually possible that the Contour Next One and its test trips may be cheaper, out of pocket, like not going through your insurance then the meter you're using now costs with your insurance. That's inexpensive, my friend. Here's the part you care about most. The meter is easy to handle, right? It's small, but not too small. It fits in your pocket. It fits in your diabetes bag, or it fits in your purse. It's not so small that when you're trying to use it, you're fumbling with it and it's hard to hold on to. It's a perfect size. I have big hands and I have no trouble with it whatsoever. On top of all that, it's got a beautiful bright light for nighttime viewing. The screen is simply laid out and easy to understand. And if you so desire on your Android or Apple phone, you can get yourself the app that goes with the meter. It just pairs right up and all of your information's there for, you know, your perusal later. Great thing is if you don't want to use the app, the meter works perfectly without it. I forgot to say this little bit, which is kind of strange because in my heart, it's the most important part. I didn't just rhyme heart and part on purpose. But nevertheless, the Contour Next One blood glucose meter is accurate. Accurate, accurate, accurate. Like an archer at the Olympics. You understand what I'm saying? Right there. Right in the middle. Bullseye, 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 bullseye. It's a damn good meter. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box. Stop using any old meter. You're paying the money anyway. Get a good one. Get a Contour Next one. Have you ever been in a situation where your anxiety makes you put something on his act put something on him that doesn't exist? Does, do you ever get so anxious that you're like he's he's not okay, but he your husband goes he looks fine to me does, like that no. does that ever happen? Or, or does your husband not have the nerve to say that if he thinks it's <laughs> happening? <'Cause> yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> do live in the woods, and you probably know how to use an axe, so I might not say much to you either. But um, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. Like my, I really like internalize my anxiety. Like it's it's very like physical for me. So I'm not like w- worried about a particular thing. I just like feel anxious. Does it make um, you
0: physically sick? Sorry. Will it ever make you physically sick?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Stomach issues, stuff like uh, that. Uh
1: yeah yeah, not for a while, but yeah, in the past
0: it could for sure. What yeah. medication did you find that helped you?
1: Um, uh, I yeah, I've taken probably all of them and haven't really found one that works. So <laughs> I've taken all
0: of them and uh, yeah. <laughs> nothing good. So SSRIs yeah. like intake uh, take inhibitors stuff like that you you don't, you don't find much relief from.
1: No. And if I do it's like for a few weeks and then I it stops working. So
0: I'm I'm almost afraid to ask this. I know one day I'm going to ask a question and somebody's going to answer me in a way that's <laughs> going to even shock me but what's your leading in the woods? Like what helps you?
1: Um <laughs> Yeah, I think just like trying to stay balanced in in everything, like not—it's uh, really easy to get burned out. So I try and um, like not take on too much. Like it's a lot of why we're living where we are, and mm-hmm. makes um, it easier. You know that balance between like having fun and resting and doing work and parenting and all of that kind of stuff. But
0: is there an um, activity that makes you feel freer?
1: Yeah, I,
0: uh, can you not think of one or do you not want to tell me <laughs> what it is?
1: <laughs> I just, I think it's just like a, it's like a bit of everything. It's not like a particular thing.
0: Being in that place helps you more. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to bleep all this out, but like, I'm so worried that one day I'm going to ask somebody a question. I'll be like, Hey, what it leaves you to your anxiety? And someone's just going to blurt out. Like I gang. The neighbors, and it really really calms me down, Scott. But, you know, yeah. like I'm so worried that one day somebody's literally going to say something that I'm like, uh, and I'm not. You guys will know if I don't know how to answer something crazy happened. Yeah, <laughs> it out. I will yeah. bleep all that out later. Some people will just have to wonder what I said to you. But I, <laughs> I am. I do have like a genuine concern that one day something's going to happen that I'm going to be like, uh, uh, uh. You know, I, I don't. I don't know. What yeah. Say. So when you don't know how to answer, I'm like, is she? trying to talk around something or does she not have no. a specific answer?
1: I just I just don't think I have anything like that interesting that I I do to help it's just sort of like the boring like life balance thing
0: Well listen I think you're being a little dismissive because you guys made a big move you moved yourselves to somewhere else to support your mental health that's a really big deal and it's yeah. it, it's thoughtful um because it, for you know reasons of, who cares why like, that big city life of Vancouver, it's not right for you. I, I wasn't saying that sarcastically. <laughs> it I, was a little sarcastic. Did my, did my tone inflect sarcasm? Maybe I was. Yeah, sorry. yeah. But, but, like, <laughs> but, you know, like, being in a more hustle-bustle situation just wasn't right for you. And your job, yeah. are you a stay-at-home mom, or did your job, like, switch okay to a that?
1: Yeah, so I'm a I'm a social worker. I work with, like, in mental health and substance use. Yeah. Um, but once Levi was diagnosed, like I've never worked full time just because I have to kind of be around for him. And it's impossible to get childcare for a type 1 diabetic.
0: A, a deer can't watch your children?
1: <laughs> no, unfortunately well, if
0: not. No. You be all set. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask of every mental health professional who falls into your category. Again, it's going to sound mm-hmm. accusatory, it is not. Why? Yeah is there something about people who struggle with mental health that draws them to want to work in mental health?
1: Yeah, I think it's a bit of that. It's like, I love the science part of it. Like why, why people use drugs? Why like all that kind of nerdy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think just like the stigma around mental health and especially substance use. Um, I've always been kind of like a advocate and love sort of the political side of that. So it just seemed like fits for you. Yeah.
0: But it's, is there any feeling of like, if I can help them, I can help myself.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, cause usually the people I work with, like they're living on the streets and like very entrenched in uh, drug use and that. So it's, I try not to see myself in that because you can go down kind of like a dark hole that way.
0: Yeah. No, I worry about people who do your kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. And I've interviewed a number of them. Did you, did you ever hear the episode Josh has all the feels? Yes. Yeah. Right. So. Yes. Yeah, so you, and Josh has been back on since then. Um, I've recorded with him. It's not out yet. I'm going to tell you that the second time he came on was more emotional than the first time he came on. Oh my God. By the time it ends, you're like, dude, where are you? I'm going to come give you a hug. And um, it's, but he's in that, he's in that industry. And he, I don't know, like there's part of me that just thinks like, Oh my God, like quit your job and go do something completely different and see if that doesn't help you. Yeah. I don't know. Like I could be a million percent wrong. Um, please everyone believe that I believe that. Um, it's, just, it's just fascinating, you know, like to, I mean, you know, you have one conversation with somebody and you think, Oh, I, I spoke with a therapist today who's depressed or mm-hmm. but then you're a social worker and you have anxiety. Your father has his situation. Like, you know, Josh described his life the way he did and mm-hmm. on and on and on. It's just really, um, I don't know. People are fascinating. That's for certain.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think it's just, everyone has their, their thing. Um, like I don't know if you could find somebody that's completely mental health free that could do that work like
0: you have to understand I, that world a little bit maybe to
1: Yeah, it. yeah, I think you kind of you have to have gone there a little bit to get it.
0: Or else you end up being me where I'm I'm basically on the verge of going why don't you just stop? <laughs> <laughs> right. Which I don't think personally um and this podcast has actually helped me a lot understand um you know, d- different psychological issues. Uh, yeah. But I would tell you that I, I don't have any perspective on it, so it does sometimes boil down in my head to like just like don't do that then, which I realize right. I realize isn't the answer, but it's an indication that I don't have enough depth of perspective.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I do agree that there is a level like you need to be solid, and you need to know what how you're feeling and what triggers you and your boundaries when you're doing that kind of work. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I think everyone's at least everyone I've met in the field has at least some level of something.
0: No kidding. Yeah. Guys can't do boy, it's like an incestuous circle then because don't therapists <laughs> see other therapists? Uh yeah. We should just move you guys all to an island where this might be fixed. <laughs> They try yeah, that in Australia. We'll be
1: really self-aware and healthy.
0: You really, yeah, you'll, be, you'll be really anxious aware people.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, I have a ton of um. Even though nothing I've said would indicate otherwise, uh, I, have a, I have a ton of empathy for you. Like because of the conversations I've had with other people.
1: Yeah, um, it's, yeah. It's
0: just it's really something. If I if you came into your office and described your situation, what would you tell yourself?
1: <sighs> yeah, I think, I mean, I think I just have a lot of compassion for myself. Like this, it is hard. And so I think sometimes I do get in that, like, I'm not doing good enough. His A1C is not low enough. Like he's, we could be parenting better. And um, so I think I would just acknowledge like, this is hard. And so just like, do it with compassion and go like, easy on myself and
0: yeah. You know, a few hundred years ago, you would just wander away from him and leave him in a cold place by himself.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. You know,
0: but <laughs> uh, but uh, that, that horrible joke aside, people used to have nine, 10 kids knowing that some of them wouldn't survive. Mm-hmm. And they did treat them as um, uh, expendable if they if they proved to be too much of a problem in the family. Yeah, and, and, exactly. And that's how yeah. you ended up with, I mean, is that where the the term survival of the fittest comes from? I have no idea. Um, but, but it shows that in a short amount of time as human beings, we've gone from, hey, you broke your leg, tough luck, would you like us to beat you with a stick or just leave you here for a wolf <laughs> to eat, and um, to we're taking people who have significant issues and trying Mm -hmm. very hard to shepherd them through an entire life that that change has happened in just a few hundred years
1: yeah for sure yeah
0: it it feels like we're not up for it yet
1: yeah i think i think our brain is still still a few hundred years behind how we how we cope and deal with all of that
0: yeah we have these great goals and no tools for them Mm -hmm. you know um that, that's good though. I mean it's it's good to have aspirational ideas for society and realize that you're going to hammer your way through. Like I used to hear people say, like, oh, every time I turn on the news, it's something different. Eat meat, don't eat meat, blah blah blah. No, nope, yeah. they can't decide. And the truth yeah. is, yeah, they can't decide <laughs> because <laughs> we keep studying people and and looking at things and and science expands. And, you know, on and on and on, um, we're still figuring it out. Do you buy into the idea that anxiety in a modern person comes from some degree can come from the fact that our lives are so easy that we don't have anything to worry about really compared to the way our brains and our bodies are built to, you know, run from wolves and, you know, exist outdoors and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, for sure that like, that's a whole fight or flight thing. Like we're running away from the lion, but there is no lion. Um, and I, I think like we we don't get to um, like complete the stress cycle. Like we're always just stressed. We never have that relief of, of realizing you're free from the lion and you can relax. Like we're just constantly like at 100 all the time.
0: Is that, what that, is that what your move was hoping to, to help with?
1: Yeah, part of it, for sure, yeah.
0: All right. Um, yeah, no, that's such a good point. Like, there's always, like, we're always on tilt, basically, mm-hmm. right from the moment you wake up you know, like your alarm goes off and you pick up your phone and your phone's like, here's your first appointment or you know you have to be at work or and then, you know, you have to be at work and you have to take a shower and you got to get dressed and you have kids and they need to eat and those kids are going to get into a car and they're going to drive to school by themselves and you're worried they're going to have an accident and are they yeah. going to get to college and, be, and you haven't even like, you haven't even like sat up yet, you, yeah, you know, and then it just piles on and piles on and piles on. When you get home, it continues and, I guess right up to some people or many people have trouble sleeping even Mm -hmm. because yeah so we are we're basically like goldfish living in a frying pan like we're we're not right for our surroundings yeah exactly oh all right I'm understanding yeah what do I do Kara? how do I make (laughs) my life better
1: like, I, I know that's the golden question I
0: I need help from you what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make you nervous you're gonna be like great now I feel anxious because I can't help the guy from the podcast but, yeah, um, <laughs> exactly is it um so for Levi I guess we're saying that 300 years ago he would have been great because we could have just set him out with a stick and been like bring some food back you little crazy person and he would have he would have went out there and been like ah and done it probably yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: Hmm. Interesting. I didn't mean crazy person in a pejorative way.
1: Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> did you get it? You're <laughs> like, I'm Canadian. I can handle it. Um, yeah. Why did you want to come on the podcast?
1: Um, I just thought that, like, I haven't heard many parents come on, talk about the struggle with their kids diagnosed at a young age and how traumatic that can be for them um cuz i i just uh, any of the comments or conversations were usually like older kids um and that transition and the teaching them and the responsibility but i just i hadn't heard the the younger kids and like how scary that is and how how that can affect them going home in the months after that
0: yeah have you ever uh. heard me kind of brusque against the idea that kids are so brave and resilient like i always say like well what's the alternative yeah you know yeah you know how people like to say that like oh my god my kid's so brave i'm like is he brave or is he seven and there's nothing he can do about it because yeah and people say that
1: to us all the time like oh you're doing such a good job like the alternative is that he's Dies
0: so. <laughs> the alternative like, is that you wander away from him in the woods and just leave him there and be like, oh, I don't know what. Happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, there is no like, alternative.
1: We, yeah, like we we don't have a choice. Right. So, um, yeah, and I think too, like we really had to like push to get any type of recognition that Levi was dealing with this a little bit differently. Mm-hmm that like we felt like we were the only people and like this was something they've never heard of before um like it was many emails and phone calls to the hospital and the endocrinologist just to like get them to consider that he might need extra support
0: did you ever have to video him to prove it you guys have cell phones right yeah (laughs) did you ever ever have to video him or anything like that
1: um I thought of that, but I I just felt like it wouldn't be fair to Levi. Like that's a really vulnerable moment for him. Feels
0: a little dehumanizing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's, yeah, I I just didn't feel like that would he would like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I appreciate that too. I was just wondering how far you had to go to uh to get them on your side. Plus, your healthcare system's different there. Um, it, was that part of the struggle?
1: Yeah. Like I, I'm not sure how it would work in your situation, but like for us, you have to get, you can't just go to a doctor. You have to get a referral right. and um, like you, you have to, they're not just like giving out referrals freely. Like they have to really believe that you are uh, needing the help. So like for us to get referred to the psychologist, it took like a few months of, constantly calling and emailing and um just like being that squeaky wheel
0: do you think that they just thought that you were overreacting and the kid was just being a kid in that situation do you, have you ever? Been yeah that yeah
1: i think and i uh, yeah i think they thought i was overreacting and that levi would just be okay that he would eventually get over it
0: yeah I wonder, Um, I wonder how much of the, do they know what you do for a living?
1: um, At a few points they did. We actually had to get the social worker to come in when we were at the hospital um, (laughs) because we wanted to take Levi to the playground and in kind of a subtle way, they told us if we did that, they would take away Levi from us.
0: Wait, 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 slow down. (laughs) Yeah. When was this?
1: This was during our, like, education week.
0: All right, so after diagnosis, during the time you spent at the hospital, you he said, hey, we're going to roll out of here and hit the swings for a second. And they're like, you can, but then we're going to make him a, a ward of the state or whatever you guys have up there, province? Yeah,
1: so we have, like, the the Ministry of um, Child and Family Welfare, I think.
0: Is that a um, Harry Potter thing? What do you, what do you
1: it's, sorry,
0: the, isn't that a Harry Potter thing? The Ministry of Magic or something? like that? Oh my God. What are you guys doing up there? Your leader's too pretty. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like that, just mm-hmm. a lot more yeah. depressing. I it, think y- your guy is too pretty; it's ruining everything. Yeah. yeah, you need a more grizzled person to run things. You can't. I can't. When your man pops up on TV, I can't go. What a handsome guy! Like that's yeah. not, It doesn't anyway. So you. So the Ministry of something or other, like they were going to take your kid from you. Did they say that, or did they just kind of like? I mean, what they would didn't the say it be?
1: directly, but they kind of like danced around that idea. And the social worker said, like, we wouldn't take him away, but kind of like, if you do this, we're going to have to take steps towards that direction.
0: If you do this, if you go outside to the swings.
1: <laughs> yeah, because Levi was like panicking scared that a nurse is going to come into the room at any moment and give him an injection. And we're at the hospital for like eight plus hours a day doing this education thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're like, he just needs a break. Like we can, one of us go out to the playground and they're like, if you do that, then we're going to maybe take him away from you or put you down as like a non-compliant parent or.
0: Oh my goodness. I thought Canadians were nice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so did I oh, what happened um, that's a bizarre story
1: yeah okay. they're were, they were very rigid like you have you had to follow kind of their agenda on on how to do things
0: alright so maybe Canada's not as free as I think it is is that possible
1: <laughs> yeah I don't know if it's Canada I just think it's like the the hospital and the kind of like <laughs> the Carrie, God. you don't think
0: it's right for me to take your one experience at a hospital and paper the entire country with it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what a valid statement from you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't generalize Canada, which okay. in my mind is is like permafrost with a tree in the middle of it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, But that's a bizarre story. Like, I mean, that's an overreach in my opinion
1: yes yeah they were like extremely rigid in how um they wanted us to do things
0: how did you manage that did you just go oh sorry okay we won't go outside
1: uh we eventually got permission to go out for like 10 minutes and that was like a huge deal um but it was hard because, like, I was on no sleep and I was like still in shock that this was even happening. So mm-hmm. I wanted to like push more and really like this is not okay and everything. But like, I just didn't have it in me.
0: Are you pregnant at that point and don't know it yet?
1: No, I wasn't pregnant you then. Pregnant
0: at that point? Okay.
1: No. Um. But and then I thought, like, you know, a few months down the road, maybe I'll pursue this and and. Write some kind of letter or something, but yeah,
0: Did you do that? it
1: just was like too too painful. I think to go through and yeah.
0: and yeah, it's like when you have a bad experience at a hotel and you're like, I'm gonna call tomorrow, and then you're like, ah, eh, it was only a hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. I probably, yeah, I exactly. probably, I probably yeah. won't call.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: um, let the other people find the ants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I know, but there's only so much you can do at some point, right? Like, there's so much energy and time and.
1: At yeah. Time, and it just at that time, like we were so exhausted and like, there was just no space for us to start this whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, I mean, what is your, what are your thoughts for his future? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think he's going to um be a kid who 14, 15, 16 years old has trouble managing the things that he needs to do? Or do you think that you're finding your way through this?
1: Um, I that that is the worry that like, we're always concerned that it's all kind of going to be too much for him. But I mean, at the same time, like as he's getting older, he really is taking on a lot more responsibility, um, and he's very, like, proud of his diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I And, like, we're doing every, like, he's going in counseling and we, anything we can to give him, like, this really solid base as he's growing up. But, yeah, I mean, that is a worry we have for sure.
0: You're describing a life that um, seems a little untenable, first of all, and it also mirrors a person I'm thinking of that I know listens to the podcast who's, whose child is, you know, maybe a senior in high school uh, that age and has had diabetes for a couple of years who has a lot of these similar problems. Mm-hmm. And it does become more difficult when they get bigger and stronger and, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and they, they even think a little more clearly for themselves. Well, not so clearly, I guess. But, yeah. um, I, I I mean, it might be a blessing that you found it about it so early and you can get ahead of it because yeah yeah it's um it it can turn into quite a thing does he ever make you take his gear off like i mean if he's looping is he using omnipod dexcom
1: yeah he has omnipod and dexcom um
0: he doesn't have any trouble wearing those
1: no he's pretty he's pretty good with it like i don't think he remembers not wearing at least his pump he He's just, it's just kind of always been there. Mm-hmm.
0: Do they do um, that rapid he, eye therapy with him?
1: Yeah, that's, it's hard because he's so young, but that's, we're working towards that.
0: Okay. That's yeah. Interesting. Um, how far back do you remember being anxious?
1: Oh, like uh, probably forever, like my earliest memories, okay. I think.
0: Yeah. Wild. It is. It's really a wild statement to think of you. (laughs) Seriously, like you know, to think of you as a five-year-old, you know, being like A B C D. We got to get out of here, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's just
1: always been been a part of kind of who I am.
0: That's great. So, and you? Do you manage okay? Like, do you like if I asked you to, um, quantify your life in on a happiness scale? Do you live well with it? I guess is my question.
1: Yeah, for sure. I yeah, I I mean, there's moments where I've struggled more than others, especially when my kids were born. But um, yeah, I think I do pretty pretty good. Do
0: you have any plans to have more kids?
1: No. Neither. No, <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, no. Be enough for me. Um, wow. <laughs> we call diabetes like our third kid because it just takes that much.
0: Yeah. Time and energy and money
1: um yeah and money yeah. exactly um and then both levi and our other kid are just like crazy like
0: a just, boy energy. Yeah.
1: But yeah yeah full boy all the time from like 6 a.m to 8 p.m 100 percent all the time yeah.
0: like you're just gonna look out the window one day and they're gonna be like riding a squirrel chasing like another animal or something like that and you're just yeah. gonna be like oh that makes sense yeah uh, yeah gotcha <laughs>
1: Yeah. Is your husband like
0: that? Does your husband have a little bit of that like wild streak in him?
1: Yeah. Yes, for sure. He's he can kind of go on forever. Um so but even fault, even he agrees, like we <laughs> we could not handle another child.
0: Another one? He doesn't want any more people like him running around.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> How did you end up picking this boy with all this crazy energy?
1: <laughs> you don't think about those things when you're first dating, like <laughs>
0: to get you divorced I don't, I don't want to ask any more questions <laughs> <laughs> you don't listen scott with hindsight i see what you're saying but <laughs> yeah. think about that yeah, i would have found more. a dorky kid who understood science and said hey you're cute and you know, <laughs> gone that way um yeah it, it's, what kind of work does your husband do
1: uh he's a plumber
0: okay so he's yeah. got a he's got a pretty like steady job as far as hours go he could be home at a certain time to help you most of the times
1: uh, yeah, most of the time it is, uh, he does like service work. So, oh, I see. uh, it is some, that kind of depends on the day, but where we live, like everything's five minutes away. So even if he is late, it's really not that big of a deal.
0: I was super excited to hear you had toilets. Sorry. I was super excited to hear that you had toilets. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like Wow. Plumbing. Fancy. Wow.
1: <laughs> Yeah, you should really, really come and visit and see for yourself.
0: Find out that I look like I'm in Ohio when I'm there or something like that? Or just like, no, no? it's
1: like Vancouver is like Portland or Seattle.
0: With or without the hippies? Is it got the hippie vibe? Oh, uh, yeah, Yeah. for sure. Okay. Yeah. That's the part of the country that just makes you feel that way, I guess. Yeah. I was just in Seattle a couple months
1: ago. Oh, you should have popped up. Well, I guess you can't because of COVID, but
0: yeah. Oh really? You, you're still keeping us out.
1: Yeah, I think I think so. Or yeah. there's some some type of rules. So I'm no, not too no, sure. No,
0: listen, I have to go somewhere with some people pretty soon, and I'm looking desperately for a way to get out of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, these people are definitely going to make me sick. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that's really something. Yeah, I mean, I was I don't ever been there once. It's a very specific vibe. You're not wrong, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I I get it. Like, uh, I I would see why it was attractive to you, you know, and want to do and want to live that way. Um, Yeah. How was it work when you moved? i and I'm not joking now, but, um, schooling still. Okay. Up there. You're like that stuff for your kids feels right.
1: Um, yeah. The, the diabetes stuff with school has been really hard. Just they, do the like do not die care, but yeah. not really the managing it in a steady kind of lower levels. Like they would be happy if he was um, like just road high all day.
0: 81C um, would be okay. That kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so we just pulled him out of public school and he started private school this week, um, which already has been so much better.
0: Guys are doing all right. This plumbing pays okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Plumbing
0: wasn't a euphemism for like Canadian mob or something like that. Right? No, He's no. It's, it's okay. Just plumbing. Okay, yeah. Well, listen, yeah. you're making me think I should have become a plumber. You're like, I got like, <laughs> private school for the kid. It's not bad. Yeah. You're like, you're like, maybe not. <laughs> like, I, <don't> <laughs> I mean, is there a big pile of money sitting around? Like no, no. no. Okay, the
1: private school is pretty
0: reasonable. So we were gotcha. able to do it. Well, that's nice. That's really great that you could find something like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, do you have anything like, is there anything I'm, because I, I realize I don't know what I'm talking about in this like context. <laughs> have I taken you so far away from what you want to talk about? Or are we getting through things pretty well?
1: Yeah, no, I, I have nothing I can think of that um, I didn't talk about.
0: So you're thinking I'm doing a good job? Yeah, for sure. That's really what I was trying to get to. Car, could you just, you know, <laughs> you're like, doing a great job. Yeah, th- thank you. I mean, Jesus, You're Make me work <laughs> for my compliment. I mean, I was <laughs> no, I don't. I want to make sure that we're not um, skipping over anything because I do find a lot about what you said fascinating, and I did find a lot about you interesting. And I know that's probably mm. not what you were expecting when you came on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you, I appreciate that you kept going and hung with it. Um, how long have you been listening to this silly podcast?
1: Oh man, like pretty early on, probably, probably around three years.
0: Wow. Yeah. Did you figure out looping through this, through me?
1: We did. Yeah. interesting. Yeah. And it was, it was, I like, I remember the day that I found it because it was like, you were saying everything that we thought was how we should be doing diabetes. Okay. And we're getting all this pushback from the endocrinologist and the diabetes nurse and all of that. Um, So it was like, Oh my God. Yes. Like we're right. This is like, we're not crazy. Like he shouldn't be high all the time. And
0: yeah, no, no, that's, that's excellent. So what did they have you doing? That's that seemed like, wow, this isn't right.
1: Um, just things like, wanting his a1c like around eight and um just not being like as aggressive with the insulin um did they
0: have you bolusing like after meals
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah. which that like with his school they were only allowed to bolus after meals so like every day he would come home super high and then crash out and Um, it was just like a mess.
0: So are you seeing better? Hmm. Is, is his panicky nature better now that his blood sugars are more stable?
1: Yeah. For, he is a lot calmer with, um, especially with the loop. Um, like in the nighttime, we get this like super steady low numbers. And even just that, I think he's sleeping better, are not having to wake him up to do a juice or um, a correction.
0: And that's good for you, not just for him.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. We've like slept through the night for the first time right. since diagnosis. Don't
0: let your husband rest up too much because he's <laughs> he's a professional pipe layer. And yeah. You could, by mistake, exactly. end up with a third boy, which you know it's going to be a boy, by the way. And he'll be <laughs> as like, you know energetic as the first two and then yeah yeah 100 percent. what are you gonna do then you have to strap one of them to a bear and just see what happens yeah um, have you ever seen a bear
1: <laughs> yes when's the last time we have bear? bears quite frequently mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and still you don't move
1: <laughs> no <laughs> bears are more like pests like a raccoon or just bigger All
0: right, we don't have
1: we don't sense. have like grizzly bears they're like
0: well, yeah, like Smaller. you have like Winnie the Pooh, like little bears or
1: <laughs> we have like black bears. Mm-hmm. So they're like medium, smallish bears and they're not really aggressive. They're not I really mean, we wouldn't want to go pet it, but you can just tell it to go away and it'll run away. Yeah,
0: that's what would yeah. happen. You don't think it would hear me crying and come kill me?
1: <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> No, because <laughs> I'd start crying. And then <laughs> I think it would be like, oh, I don't usually kill people, but this guy deserves it. And then yeah. just come get me. Right. Yeah, that's all. Do they really eat honey or no? Not really. No, yeah, that's disappointing.
1: I mean, me, I, I, I mean, I guess they could if they came across them, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: we don't really have like honey hives.
0: Have you ever just... seen a bear walking with a sad donkey?
1: <laughs> no, no,
0: never. See, a lot of what you see on television is not real
1: yeah Yeah. exactly yeah don't don't believe what you see
0: bears are pests Mm -hmm. you've never once thought i'll probably die at the hand of a bear
1: no never
0: interesting i would think that 24 hours a day (laughs) i I would have anxiety if i came to where you are you'd be like come up here it's really calm and i'd get up there and be like no no i'm gonna die (laughs) Um,
1: we do have like cougars and snakes like so there are scary things but the bears are at the bottom of the list yeah we have rattlesnakes yeah
0: are, are you afraid of those
1: yes 100 percent. yeah
0: all right see maybe you're not anxious maybe you're just being reasonable To <laughs> <laughs> think of that you ever think like maybe if you move somewhere with some concrete on the ground you'd be like ah i'm probably gonna be all right
1: <laughs> well we do have a house we're not like camping <laughs>
0: no but i'm saying they think the snake could come in your house right
1: uh i guess so but guess so. yeah never it's really more through. like if we're out in the wilderness
0: i don't know that seems like a lie that just feels like <laughs> you're trying to trick me into coming there and being killed by a rattlesnake is what i
1: know like we have a proper neighborhood and <laughs> <laughs>
0: scott they come and get our garbage i, I, I don't have <laughs> yeah to, they do i don't have to burn it outside
1: <laughs> no we have a garbage truck that comes once a week
0: super fancy all right, I appreciate mm-hmm. this. One day I'm going to. Um, I was going to say one day I'm going to come to Canada, but that feels like a lie. So <laughs> I'm not going to say that out loud. Somebody did <laughs> ask me to speak in Canada once, and I think I was on my way to agreeing to it, and then you know COVID, and now, right? I don't think I'm ever going to speak in front of live people ever again. Yeah, um, which might well, be fine with me. The flight, the flying is not fun. I, I, I don't, I don't love that part of it. Um, but if I was to visit Canada i'm on the east coast where yeah. should i try first
1: um i like so bc is the west coast no, it's so far, and the east coast yeah. is like very far away so we don't really like it's like california it? and new york
0: all right so i mean i guess i gotta just do the touristy thing and go to niagara falls or something like that
1: i guess so i i don't really know like
0: It feels like I personally
1: wouldn't want to visit the East Coast of Canada. It's a lot colder. And um,
0: are you about to badmouth the East Coast of Canada? Go ahead. I don't want to stop you (laughs) if you're going to. Are those people just trash? What are you trying to say exactly?
1: No, it's just, it's like a very different vibe there than in BC.
0: I was joking, by the way. Like, I just interviewed somebody from Manitoba. Manitoba's East, right?
1: Yes. That's like the prairies, like very flat and. Lovely. there's Not much going on there.
0: Lovely people is my point. Like when I okay. was trash a second ago, I was I was literally. I mean, I think it was obvious I was joking, but I don't know if you all get the sarcasm or not. So um, <laughs> sometimes. I mean, we're an hour into it now. You got to think that the only people left listening are people who are like legitimately think like Scott's great. You know. Like, <laughs> you know. I mean, who would be left at this point? Um, but yeah. But okay, so you don't really know where I should go. No. Have you ever been to Alaska? No. <laughs> Does that seem like the wilderness to you when you think of it?
1: Yeah, it's uh, kind of like there. It's very touristy, so mm-hmm. I don't know if I
0: interesting gentrified choose to go there. Yeah, yeah, I see. Is there a place that you think of if I said move to this place and you would have the reaction that I'm having about where you live?
1: Um, probably like Wisconsin or. Like Utah or something like that. Interesting.
0: Wisconsin too cold?
1: Yeah, like cold and, I don't know, like a little too conservative.
0: All right. And Utah desert, no, no good for you?
1: Yeah cuz it's like they it's a little Mormon you can't cult-y say that. On ish. Your, I have
0: a lot of Mormon listeners. We cannot say anything okay. anything okay, even sorry. a little judgy about Mormons. By the way, hold on a second. Let me just put up a a disclaimer here. I love you guys. I don't know anything about your religion, but I love all you Mormon listeners and don't listen to Kara she didn't does not represent my thoughts
1: <laughs> at all. Oh. I just don't know enough about it. It would just be like culture shock i
0: think i gotta tell you the amount of people who i've interviewed who are mormon who after done interviewing say things about being mormon that <laughs> uh, oh, no. yeah, i don't think they would say while they're being recorded is um those numbers are growing as well yeah so maybe you're on to something maybe you're not i don't know i just want people to learn about diabetes so yes um my my last big question which i should have asked a half an hour ago is does this anxiety impact levi's blood sugars at all like do you see issues with that
1: yeah for sure um we see that quite a lot like if he's nervous or anxious like he will just spike up and pretty quickly too
0: okay so then i can see where the loop would be valuable because it's giving him insulin when he needs it whereas in the past have there been times where you thought like hey his blood sugar is 130 but if i come at him to adjust it then I might drive it up instead of down because of the anxiety?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It could happen. It, like, huh? Yeah, and it's it's always kind of a guessing game. Like, is he anxious? Is this, like, just something he ate? Like,
0: yeah.
1: it, it adds another level to try and figure out what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I would imagine. So the loop, uh, an algorithm has been valuable for you, I would guess.
1: Oh yeah, it's been like life changing.
0: Good, good. I'm glad. Uh, What, what would you share his A1C with me?
1: Uh, Right now he's six point eight.
0: Wow, that's really great.
1: Yeah, and that was we were just doing loop for about four weeks when he had that. So I'm excited to see his next A1C.
0: Good for you. That's excellent. Well, I I really am impressed that even through all this, you just took the bull by the horns and figured out those management ideas and. It's not easy, you know. It's a lot of it's a lot of initial upfront work to get that thing set up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: good for you. And you, I mean you you have a computer and everything. It's fascinating. Yeah,
1: yeah. computer and internet and yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, you didn't have to plug a pine cone into anything to make that work. No, no, no just right. the regular this plug. Is, um, you know I'm kidding, right? Yeah, right. yeah. But there's enough truth in it that it makes it tolerable. Is that right? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Don't that uh, we we'll get you protecting Canada now all of a sudden. <laughs> had no trouble with taking a swipe at Utah, but Canada, no, no, no. It's okay.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Carrie, okay, is there anything left that we should talk about that we haven't?
1: Uh no, I don't think so.
0: Cool. I really appreciate you doing this.
1: Yeah, well, thank you.
0: Did your nervousness go away at some point?
1: Uh no, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay.
0: You have the same level of nerves now that you had when we began.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's just very like I probably listen to you every day. So it's very strange hearing your voice reacting to mine. It just feels very like
0: surreal. You do have that feeling like people describe to me sometimes that I ask them a question and it feels like they're like their cell phones asking them a question.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry about that. It's okay. (laughs) Is there anything I could have done to make you more comfortable?
1: No, I don't think so. It's just it's just a weird thing, like it you're just like your voice is a common thing in our house. so,
0: yeah, well, that's nice. It. I mean, that's yeah. very nice. Thank you. You should try some um uh, narcissism because that would really help you get through this thing. Like, <laughs> I did an interview yesterday for a different podcast. Um, mm-hmm. so I got approached by. Uh, I, I get approached by a lot of podcasts to be on podcasts, and I just – I sometimes I don't even respond, but mostly right. I, I say no, thank you. Um, but I got one, and it was like, well, I want you to be on the Vagina Blog podcast. And I was like, yes. I don't even know why you're asking me, but I definitely want to right? It, right? Um, so I recorded an episode, and – like I, it's, no matter what I told myself, like as it was getting ready to, like I was getting ready to go on, and I knew we were going to be connecting a second. Like I get in my mind, I'm saying it's her podcast,
1: mm-hmm. not
0: yours. And she's <laughs> going to ask you questions, and you're going to answer them, and then she's going to decide when you move on to the next question. And then four yeah. seconds into it, I just took the whole thing <laughs> over. Oh my god! I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I was like, I don't know another way to do this. I don't think. <laughs> but I was incredibly comfortable, and what I'm saying is probably psychologically too comfortable
1: right or you're perfect for the job you have
0: well that's a nice way of saying it but i think i need about 10 percent of whatever you have and you probably need about (laughs) trust me you only need a couple of percent of what i have would balance you right out so right just be like yeah i don't care everything's fine we're good
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: am i from a professional uh perspective am i broken or
1: um i don't know i i'm not qualified to say so but
0: First of all, you're Canadian. Secondly, you help people. I'm saying you're qualified. Um, I, you know, I, what I meant was, and I'm not going to push you into something you don't understand or don't want to talk about, but <laughs> I just meant like, is there is there a point where like this should make me, I've never felt nervous making this podcast once in my life. Right. Like, like the first time or this time or if anywhere in between, if you said, if you told me that five seconds from now, I was going to get off with you and I don't know the Today Show was going to pop up in front of me and I had to talk about this, I I wouldn't even like blink an eye. I'd be like, let me make sure right. I have another bottle of water. Yeah. Like, you know, so I thought maybe there was something wrong with me.
1: No, right. I, I think you you just found your niche.
0: Yeah. All right. Listen, I can't trust you. You're not afraid of bears. What the hell? <laughs> Huge thanks to Kara for coming on the show and sharing her story. And another thank you to the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box podcast. Go to contournext.com forward slash juice box to get started today with the best little meter you're ever going to see. Don't forget to take that T1D exchange survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Looking for those diabetes pro tips? They're right there in your podcast player. They begin at episode 210, and you can also find them at diabetesprotip.com and juiceboxpodcast.com. Not too much else to say. I got some really great ratings and reviews recently on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much to whoever left those. I appreciate when you guys share the show with other people. It is how it grows, and you have my heartfelt thanks when you do that whether you're telling your doctor or a neighbor or somebody you bumped into at the Costco. What else? Um, support the sponsors, please. There's links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to today's sponsor and all of the sponsors. I appreciate when you use those links very much. Oh, uh, if you're listening in a podcast app, please make sure you're subscribed or following in that app. And if you're listening online, please consider listening in a podcast app. They're free and they're handy. I mean, you got your phone everywhere. So you know what I mean? It's pretty easy. It's pretty much all I've got. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Box podcast.